Welcome to Quickie Wiki What. I'm Joseph, joined as usual by my partner, Justin. Every episode, we each bring you uh, a, a Wikipedia article we found interesting, weird, wild. I'm reading off a script and I did not write the script out properly. Uh-oh. Uh, we each bring to the table a Wikipedia article we found interesting, weird, wild, and we try to explain it to each other. And of course, as usual, we are streaming this live from Twitch. Hello to the Twitch audience. Uh, but you'll also be able to find the VOD on YouTube afterwards, as well as the audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever. If you if you get your podcasts out of the dumpster next door, you'll dig find through this. it. You'll find this one in the dumpster. You'll find it. For sure. Um, now, I do have a little bit of news. You Ooh. know, last week we did episode zero. You already know this, and I think the Twitch audience knows this, but little fact about how well we did, Justin, we managed to hit number 173 only with episode zero. We reached number 173 on the society and culture charts on Apple Podcasts Poland. Go Poland. Shout out to our Polish listeners. Yeah. Yes. Y'all really boosting us over there. And we appreciate it. Pumped. Uh, Now for our first episode, we've both got our very first articles. Um, And if you're watching the VOD, you can see them at the bottom of the screen. Justin, what are you bringing to the table this week? I'm bringing, well, it's Chuck E. Cheese. This is a short version, but my... My extended title that I have. Oh, you made your own title for yours. Okay. Is Single Gray Rat, The Nefarious History of Chuck E. Cheese. Because there is some, there's some scandal. There's some is it scandal. really like scandal? I think it is. I think that there's a scandal and then there's a cultural coincidence, a phenomenon. And I'll a touch on that. Cultural reset. Which... Chuck E. Cheese was a big part of, well, you're going into like the his showbiz pizza. Yes. I'm not going to spoil it, but that was a big part of my childhood mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what I've got this week is I was inspired by the hit HBO Max show, The Gilded Age. And I did a little bit of research, did a little bit of digging on Wikipedia. I found a list called The 400, which is allegedly... The 400 people who mattered in society. Ooh. But there was some, there's some controversy around it. And there was some scandals, some mockery, some shenanigans that we'll get into uh, with some of the key players who wrote the list and gate kept the list, Mm. I would say. This, by the way, is inspired by the recent HBO series, The Gilded Age, which is this is kind of a thing. You're going to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yes, the HBO, which uh, season one is done. It's done. And we very much enjoyed it. We did. Now, I'm going to say you go first. All right. You want me to- Well, I'm interested to hear about Chuck E. Cheese and also I Need a Breather because we set up this week in, I would say, record time. Ooh, it was. Within 40 minutes of going live- um, Everything broke. Everything went wrong. And so this almost didn't happen. But it did happen. And we're here and we're happy. I always had faith. I never lost faith. Well, you I knew I'm married to, you, to you. You also didn't have to do any of the setup. That's true. You just came in. I don't. Uh, I mean, I understand it, but I don't have a... I, yeah. You're the voice in the face. The voice in the face. And I'm the little rat. 
<laughs> no. Chuck E. Cheese. No. Setting up in the background. Okay. You I'll I'll hand it over to you. Chuck E. Cheese. Uh you accessed this Wikipedia article in the last few weeks. Okay, yes. So um Chuck E. Cheese and um there's a history section in there. There's a couple of other adjacent um sections. So Nolan Bushnell is You'll find out the founder, the original founder of Chuck E. Cheese. And then there's a guy, Robert Brock, who is also um, a, a guy that... So those two names you should really keep in mind. But but like I said, so Chuck E. Cheese started way back in 19... 19- what is Chuck E. Cheese? Well, Chuck You're E. Cheese, is, well, it's it's this um, for... I assume that most people know what it is, but this is a... No, we've got... It's an American thing, right? Basically. Oh, no, it's, it's around the country. It's so, global. No, Oh, the world. Yeah. Or around, oh. yeah, it's 47 uh, states. And I think it's, um, you know, a, a dozen, two dozen countries or something like that. So it's an overseas phenomenon. But um, so, so, um, but, but it's basically, it's like it's a child's um, uh, venue that there are, uh, you, you eat pizza, there's a bunch of video games, and then they have a combination of like costumed, characters that are kind of like a la Disneyland with Chuck E. Cheese as a mouse now. And uh, then they have a bunch of other characters that are animals that are, that are in bands and there's kind of a, a bit of a lore to it, but and it's animatronics. Throughout. It's a combination. Yeah. Of live action and animatronics. And what's his name? Follows me on Twitter. Nolan Bushnell, the original founder fan of the show follows you on twitter i don't know why i don't know why at all well because he has got a video game so that's a good that's a good start so um so nolan bushnell was originally back in 1977 he was originally with atari and uh he founded atari he came up with the game pong and a few other games like that and he um he came up with this thing called bushnell's law that is about video games where it should be something that is easy to learn, but that's difficult to master. So I guess back in the back in the day, you know, like people at a bar or something like that would be playing a video game. It was just way too hard to like learn, right? And so people get frustrated. And so he kind of like made games accessible and it would be like, but not too easy that anyone could be good at it. You had to kind of like difficult to master, you know? And so that's kind of like the two audiences you think of for something like that are like drunks in a bar and then little kids, you know? So little sure. kids can pick it up. They're both. Yeah. And some, maybe that overlaps. Maybe there's drunk no. kids. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, but, not yeah. Under adult supervision and or legally. Yeah. Yes. Um, Did you play Atari? I didn't play Atari. I, I, I had some friends that had uh, ColecoVision, which was kind of in between Atari and Nintendo. And then um, everyone had Nintendo by the time I was, you know, kind of kindergarten. For We, we didn't have an original Nintendo. My parents were, we Sad. didn't get they it hated until. You. They did. No. Still do. Yeah, they might they're be listening. They're probably watching. No, maybe. Um, okay, so Chuck E. Cheese. So why did it start if he's over here making video games? So he's like, you know what? I want to have this venue and I want a place to sell video games and to have like all of the a place where, where people can play and enjoy themselves. And it's a whole thing. Also, he was like fascinated with Disney, you know, 
and uh, Disneyland, their shows, they have like their little animatronic shows there, plus the live action figures. So he's like, okay, I want to have like my own little Disney World with video games, and then they're going to eat pizza. He saw Mickey Mouse, and he said, let's make a trash can looking mouse. <laughs> the opposite. Okay, not quite, because... <laughs> Kind of, so he, so he's also you know has got the computer background and they're developing all of the animatronics and stuff himself, and so um, they they buy the costumes and they do all of that work and uh, guess what they came up with the beloved franchise that we know as today Coyote Pizza. So that's obviously not happening. Anymore. That obviously didn't happen it because didn't take off. Wait, no, no, no. They bought the rat costume. Thinking it was a coyote. Oh, so coyote pizza never really got to take off. It, it was like the they original. They thought a rat was a coyote. That's their first mistake. So, they, yeah, they didn't get it. They didn't get that part right. And uh, there's like, oops, it's actually like a rat, not a coyote. So, so then someone comes up. Well, let's do. And they come up with this name, Rick Rat's Pizza. Well, I think the marketing people got a hold of that and they're like, no, maybe we shouldn't talk about a rodent in the name of our restaurant. And so then that's when they said, let's name the rat something. And then that's how it became Chuck E. Cheese. I always thought it should be Chuckle Cheese. Chuckle Cheese? Because it's laughter. Laughter? Which is the best medicine that they say. Well, funnily, like they said, funnily, is that a word? But It is, I think. Okay. Well, in... Um, they call it something else in Australia. They call it, I think it's Charlie cheese or something like that. Cause Chuck. Oh, that's cute. That's like, um, throw up in Waldo and Wally. Yeah. Across the pond. They got, where's Wally across the pond. <laughs> Was that Justin does a, um, Justin does. Uh, I watch, from- I watch a lot of Yukon vet on uh discovery or whatever it's on. Justin likes to, uh, do Aye, it. but she's from the Yukon, isn't she? I. So Justin says that's a Yukon accent. Oh, my I husband. don't think that's a Yukon accent. Oh, my husband, if we got can get anyone in Canada confirming or denying, that's a, yeah. No, that's about as uh, yeah, never Yukon. I don't believe. Well, either way, I mean, I think. Um, but back to back to um, back to Chuck E. Cheese, right? And so, um, where was I at? Where was I at? So. The restaurant finally opens in 1977. Like I sure. said, it's just in San Jose, California. Um, and it's a pretty big hit. Like it's a, it's a big thing. But at the time, like, so um, our buddy Nolan, Atari guy, he is, he has essentially sold Atari to Warner, Warner Media. And, um, and they didn't really want to, they were so they were basically in business with him. They didn't want to do it. So he's like, I'm gonna go into business all on my own now. Um, and he says, I'm gonna so he takes over, he wants to expand it, and and he opens up seven new restaurants in California in the first three years. So it's taking off and doing a really good job. Well, he knows like the California area, but he wants he's thinking bigger, he wants to get to the Midwest. And so he calls up this guy, Robert Brock. Now, Robert Brock is from Kansas, Pawnee Rock, Kansas. A lot of fast food chains come out of Kansas. Yeah, Pizza Hut. Which I've learned since marrying you. Yeah. Pizza Pizza Hut. Hut. The original Pizza Hut was there. 
they have like a lot of um, headquarters and stuff. There's, they like their fast food. They we do. They like inventing it, eating it. I love Pizza Hut. Hey, there. But there's What's been a few others that have like Freddy's. I don't know if people have Freddy's, but uh, my parents love Freddy's. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So they wanted to go to the Midwest. So they want to go to the Midwest. And this guy, Robert Brock, has he was a franchiser. And he just that's kind of what he did. He essentially started like the franchise that became Residence Inn. So he was a very successful with doing like hotels hotel? and other. Yeah. Oh. So he he knows his stuff about opening businesses and spreading them around fast, you know. And um, he says, hey, we've got, you know, Let's do business together. And Robert's like, yeah, let's do it. And they work together for a while. But then Robert says, hey, you know what? I'm I'm not feeling so great about this. I think there's better ways to do some animatronics. And so thanks, but no thanks. Um, wish you the best. See ya. Um, so so this is this is a little bit sidetrack. And this is a this is a risk, you know. For who? For 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 me right now. The, to sidetrack? To do a little bit of a sidetrack. Because if you remember last week, I, I charged the, the audience with uh, doing some homework. And the homework was to watch the trailer for the, uh, for the suspense thriller, oh, yeah. Single White Female. Starring Jennifer Jason Leigh and... Bridget Fonda. I've never seen it, but I did watch that. You did make me watch the trailer. And it's basically roommates. One of them, I mean, they told the whole freaking thing they in the did. trailer. One of them really likes the other one, so she like tries to become her, cuts her hair the same, tries to steal her boyfriend. It reminded me of, so I never saw the whole Talented Mr. Ripley. But I feel like that's the same thing. There's so, you know, it's a trope. Yeah. Take over someone's life, steal their life, steal their families, whatever. Um, so that what? How's that tying in? But to, go watch the trailer because it's pretty. D- yeah, you don't have to watch the movie. The, Just the, watch the trailer. The tagline of the movie is: "Allie's new roommate is about to borrow a few things: her clothes, her boyfriend, her life." Wow. So this is where this is where we come back to Chuck E. Cheese because uh, Robert Brock, instead of going into business with um, our buddy Nolan. He decides to start his own restaurant. And guess what kind of like the three core concepts are? He's got pizza, pizza, video games, video games, animatronics, animatronics, and it's showbiz pizza. So anyone that knows showbiz pizza is basically Robert Brock trying to like single white female and to and to and to become Chuck E. Cheese. Allegedly. That's my take on it. That's my take. He, well, I think he's... Well, all of my... Wait, when did um, Showbiz Pizza like stop? When so, did they go out? Well, well, that'll be later. I'll oh, tell well, about... I'll get there. Well, all of my... Well, I think... Through the 80s. It was open through the 80s. It stopped in the 90s? In the early 90s, yeah. So, I was born in 88. I feel like I remember more Showbiz Pizza like as a kid. But if I was like one or two, I, maybe I didn't. But I remember they still had, like, they had the showbiz animatronics, like the chicken, the cheerleader, chicken, the gorilla, whatever. Um, So I feel like I'm very, because they all sort of, after they bought them, they just like 
used the same animatronics, didn't they? Oh, you haven't gotten there yet. We're not there. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. Spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. They both don't exist at yeah. the same time anymore. No, but they so 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 showbiz pizza, right? It um it it uh, takes Blossomed. off, but and this was in uh, 1980. So right away, Nolan's like, "Hey, I kind of recognize this idea, so I'm gonna sue you." And um, he, I don't know if they won the lawsuit or that settled, but basically they came to an agreement that showbiz had to pay uh, Chuck E. Cheese certain percentage of their profits for the next decade oh that sucks yeah um but not but they were allowed to still do their own thing percent do you know um i i don't know i don't know if that was i just quit some of their profits to chuck e cheese for 10 years or that's what i that's what i wrote at least so maybe someone can so for a while they both existed simultaneously right for a while but that was 1980 right in 1983, there's this thing called the video game crash of 1983. Started, well, it happened because of the E.T. Well, people blame the E.T. Was it an Atari game? It was. It, that could be like its whole That could episode. be a whole thing. But yeah, go look that up too. They buried a whole bunch of them in the desert. Yeah, we the should do it. That'll so be a bad. good one. The E.T. game was so bad. They buried it in the desert. Don't look it up. We're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, an don't look later. it up. We'll tell you about it in a later episode. Um, but so uh, Nolan Bushnell, because of his ties to Atari, and he is still kind of in that world financially and stuff like that. I guess um, Nolan, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about what happened. He's when, not watching. He President Obama. Has if on you Twitter. know, I'm pretty sure. I wish Twitter would tell you like what percentage of people have you muted. I think it would be like ninety percent for me. Wow! And I think I have like ninety percent of people I follow muted too. Do you mute people? Me? Not to sidetrack. Oh boy! Do I, you mute people? Um, you know I really haven't muted. I tend to more unfollow than I do mute. I know there's some people in the audience I have muted on Twitter. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, but um, so um, Nolan has has problems in Chuck E. Cheese. They have financial problems that's tied to this video game because it's a rat and pizza. No, the, the, it's doing the business oh, is doing well crash. because of the video, video game, game crash. And there's a lot of there's just a lot of things that are tied to the business model and stuff like that. And Chuck E. Cheese has to file for bankruptcy. And they're like, okay, um, we, I guess, are putting the company up for sale or it's public or something like that. And guess who raises his hand to buy the company? Uh, Showbiz Pizza Guy. Robert Brock of Showbiz Pizza, single white female, at it again, trying to take out. So he does. He buys it. And that was around um, uh, that that happened... Between 1983 and the sale was basically finalized in 1985. Oh, so if you went to a wait, that's when Showbiz Pizza was still around. So, right. But then my question is, and I already know the answer why is it show if Showbiz Pizza bought Chuck E. Cheese, why aren't there Showbiz Pizzas everywhere? Because single white female. 
Oh, did Lou, you already say it? Lou, or not Lou, um, Robert Brock is like, I don't want to be myself. I want to be Chuck E. Cheese. And so instead of turning all of the uh, Chuck E. Cheese's into showbiz, he turns all of the showbiz pizzas into Chuck E. Cheese. You become what you hate the most. No, he's just envious. And so here is here is like, the the time frame of, of how that happened you said it sold in 1980 in 1985 in 1992 1992 that is when all by that time all of the uh showbiz had been converted to chuck e cheese 1992 there are like in t- so i was looking up a little bit about um i was looking specifically for photos of showbiz pizza in North Little Rock. It was either North Little Rock or Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I found a pictures. I found pictures online of a few in Arkansas, but not the one that I went to as a kid. Um, and there are like whole websites dedicated to mapping like what version of the animatronics are in each one, and like what, uh, what each store actually had and what each one is running. If it was like a three stage store or like a two stage store or whatever, it's what people are really into the history of showbiz pizza, Chuck E. Cheese and the animatronics. I think a lot of it comes from, did you ever play five nights at Freddy's? No, me and my sister did. It's basically a, do you know what it is? It's, uh, I watched the Nicolas Cage movie. That's kind of a thing. about Oh yeah. The, there's what was that movie called? <laughs> um, Wally's Wonder World or something. Wally's like that? Wonderland or Wally's Wonder yeah. World or something. Starring Nicolas Cage and he gets trapped in a Wally's Wonder World or whatever with the animatronics that come to life and try to kill people. But the twist is: is he trapped in there with them or are they trapped in there with him? Because he beats them or up. whatever I said. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but Five Nights at Freddy's famous video game franchise. You're the security person at a Freddy Fazbear's. The animatronics are evil. It affected a lot of kids, I will say. In scary, it's kind of like clowns. <laughs> clowns would, you know, kids grow up and they're traumatized by clowns. Well, that's that's an interesting uh, point because. But let me let me let me put a cap. Continue. Let me put a lid on. What year did I say? 1990? 1992. 92. That was the year they finally converted all of the all of the uh, showbizes to Chucky e, to Chucky e. Cheese. Sad. Guess what year the movie Single White Female came out? 1992. 1992. You really, <laughs> you really set this up for the long time. It was. Didn't you? This was like this was. You've been. I know that smirk, and I know you've just been holding it in this whole time. I've been. Wait, I, you've been weaving a web <laughs> for us to fall in this entire time. It's. It is more. This is. This is like the time is a flat circle. This is something yeah. beyond what we can comprehend. It is a cultural phenomenon. 1992, I was four years old. What was I was apparently at Chuck E. Cheese. We have a lovely picture of us at Chuck E. Cheese. We do. I love it really Chuck is. E. Cheese. We went for Tegan's third, no, third or fourth, fifth. probably fifth birthday. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, and it's definitely not the same as I remember. 
So we started to go to a place called Play World when we got older because the I guess it was kind of a Chuck E. Cheese rival, but it was the big draw was like it had the arcade section. It had the pizza, but it had the obstacle course, the ball pit and you go swing on the ropes and whatever. And it had mini golf in the back and stuff. So there were all these like little rivals popping up and Chuck E. Cheese was kind of like when I when we've gone to Chuck E. Cheese for uh, Tegan's birthday, I'm like, oh, it's kind of just an arcade. Like there's a ball pit. The rides are like kind of like those those rides that are outside like the grocery store where you put a quarter in and you just like rock on the horse. Yeah, just like a little like for like a two year old, you know, right? Because they can't play video games. They need to do something, I guess. But in my mind, I remember like a slide. I don't know where the hell I was. I remember like an obstacle course, but that I don't think that's ever what it was. It was just the arcade the pizza and a few little rides for like two year olds. Like, well, you know, there's been a, there's been an evolution as cause I'm, I'm Oh, discovery zone. Someone no. mentioned, did you, did you know discovery zone? No. Someone in the chat? No. I think that's where I'm thinking of with the slides and stuff. Mm. Funscape McDonald's play place, the chat. Wow. The chats had some experiences too. I think so. Yeah. So that's the nefarious portion. And I'll just do a quick little, little wrap up of the modern history, I guess, for a couple more bullet points to close us out. Sure. So um, in 2012 is when they officially, Chucky, like we said, used to be a rat. He's not a rat? In 2012, they changed him to a mouse and they did some rebranding and stuff like that. So he's now technically a mouse as of 2012. I think rats are back in though. I think so too. Yeah. The hit movie Ratatouille. They picked the, the wrong thing. Starring that rat. I never saw it. I didn't either. But I hear it's a rat. But I hear he cooks, right? Oh, he, yeah. Yeah. Is that Patton Oswalt, I think, is the rat? I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure. Chat, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't, okay, isn't the main guy's name like something, Alfredo or something? They all have pasta Remy. names. And he's gay. Okay. There you go. The rat's gay? Maybe. How do you know? Anyway, continue right. with your bullet points. Not <laughs> okay. Buka de um, so this is maybe supports Linguini. your cultural theory that um, uh, Freddy's, what's it? Uh, what is it? Five called? Nights at Five Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's ruined people because in 2015, they started doing away with the animatronics. Oh. They're replacing them with like more live action stuff and to do instead of the animatronic, the live performers which i'm kind of like i don't like that but it's also like a rare example of where a person is taking a robot's job instead of the other way around it's it's the reverse automation wow so i guess i'm for that i think instead of doing away with the animatronics they should make them better like disney i've never been to disney world or disneyland but you watch those like um they put like their test videos on YouTube of their animatronics. Like that Spider-Man one I th- that swings across mm, the freaking park. I think they should do like those Japanese ones where they do the facial expressions. And oh, they you're all just smile. talking about like early humanoid animatronics that where they try to make a mimic human expressions and they actually just look horrifying. Those are wonderful. I don't think we should stop scaring the children. Uh, 
In fact, I think we should scare the children. Yeah. Especially at places they feel safe, like <laughs> pizza, pizza restaurants. They shouldn't feel safe. That's the point of life. That's the point of life. No one's safe. Chat, no Sorry. one's safe. <laughs> Sorry. Um, last couple of things. So during the pandemic, they had some financial difficulties, you know? Sure. But they started, uh, this was in the news for a little bit, but they started uh, selling pizzas. And they say that they, out of Chuck E. Cheese locations, and they branded it as Pasquelli's Pizza. And I guess Pasquelli is one of the other animals that's in the band. And that's the oh, name from it. Oh, cute. But they said they were just using the ovens. They changed out the ingredients to make it more adult flavor fancy that sounds fancy but uh yeah i mean we should so if you find i would have eaten it yeah if you see pasquale's pizza they might be reopening now that was like in the in june of uh, 2020 or something like that but um and then to close out so they have uh, like i was saying they have over 600 this was in june of 2020 so maybe the pandemic and stuff they these numbers have changed but uh 612 corporate and franchise stores as well as, I guess, they are part of the 122 Peter Piper Pizza restaurants. I've never heard of that, um, but they must be the same boat. Um, they are located in 47 states across the United States and 16 countries and territories around the world. Wow. So, that's- so go find yourself a Chuck E. Cheese. I think you have to have children to go to enter the store. I'm not for sure about that. I went in college. We went in college as a That's as a true. Trip. I went in college too. I went in college too. And I just ate, me and my friend went because she had never been. And we just ate the pizza and used the photo booth. And we did like ski ball and we tried to get some oh, prizes yeah, and stuff. And so, I mean, it was, it was an okay time. And we got playing cards and then we went back to the hotel and played, you know, whatever drinking the drinking games, games with, sure. the, with the Chuck E. Cheese drinking card. We used those for years after that. The photo booths are cute. I have pictures of us at uh, me and Justin did the one where it sketches you. Chuck E. Cheese has sketched a photo of us. Nolan Bush Bushnell. Well, no, it would no, be Robert the, Brock. No, what's his name? The guy. Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell follows me on Twitter, and the mouse sketched a photo of us. Wow. Okay, rich, famous. What more can you ask for? Well, thank you for telling us all about the history of Chuck E. Cheese. I am so glad to get that out of my system. It's just been... I can tell mm. you've been setting up that joke 1990, for 1992. Don't, don't forget it. Don't Single forget white it. female. Single white female. Chuck E. Cheese. I feel like I'm going to walk in on you preparing for an episode, and you're going to have a bulletin board... Like that episode of Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Where there's stuff pasted all over it, pins in it, and like red yarn connecting the dots of all the things. Well, my next one, I don't think is going to have the opportunities for that kind of thing. My next one goes, it's a, it's a trip way back in time to like the 1500s, I think. And I don't oh, think wow. there's were very many movies released around then. Mo- well, no, not just movies, just connecting the dots like... This dot goes to Illuminati. This one goes to like JFK was whatever. This one goes to like Bush did 9-11, you know. So next next week's going to have some toilet humor. I'll just, that's my hint. Okay. So it's going to be very on brand for you. That's my hint Perfect. for next week. Please tune in next week for sure for toilet humor. 
from my husband. You know it. You'll get a slice of my life. Um. Well, are you ready for? Um. Thank you for the four hundred. The four hundred. Not the not three hundred, which was a movie. Is that you? Was that a gladiator? That's the, no, that's yeah. The the tro- the the uh, Greek, the Greek, the Greek. the Spartans. Lots of just shirtless guys. Mm-hmm. That's all I know about that movie is green screens. I feel like the whole thing was filmed in front of a green screen. That's not what this is. This is Zack Snyder. It's the same uh, Justice is, League guy, right? This is the se- oh, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is the sequel. Four hundred. This. <laughs> Not three hundred one. They, they, found, they found one hundred more shirtless guys. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. No. Okay. So here's what mine is. My Wikipedia article is the four hundred. Now, if you've been watching the Gilded Age on the hit, mm-hmm. the hit series on HBO Max, you'll know a little bit about this period of time called the Gilded Age. Um. The Gilded Age was a roughly between eighteen seventy and nineteen hundred, uh, right after the American Civil War, and this list was created. To, I'll get into more about the list, but the list is basically a list that was created that said who's who in society. These, yes, top chat said top 400 TikTokers, very much that. It was the 400 people who mattered in society. And if you weren't on the list, you were out. So the Gilded Age, a time of economic boom. That's when there were railroads, factories, mining, finance. Uh, and the U.S. started to surpass Great Britain in industrialization. Uh, a lot of people got rich really fast. They were called robber barons, which was kind of a derogatory term used because people were like, oh, they got their money through exploitative practices, not paying workers enough. Um, but those same people also poured that money into like social causes. So like charities. Well, they did that, but they were also there's a lot of corruption and stuff, too. A yeah. lot of corruption, buying out politicians, yeah. stuff like that. So um, that was like the new money. Rockefellers, Carnegie's, Mellon's, Morgan's, Guggenheim's, Vanderbilt's. A lot of these families that you still hear. I mean, the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah, that's still there. Vanderbilt. They didn't the build name, it you then, know, The yeah. Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Carnegie Hall, Carnegie Mellon, etc. They left their mark. Um, and back in those days, these millionaires, they were like what? how we... Um, how we relate to celebrities. So they were like the celebrities of the day. Everyone wanted to know their business. Who was at their ball, who was at their house, whatever. Um, this was also a time of great wealth disparity. So a lot of people were really rich. A lot of people were very poor. Um, from about 1860 to 1900, the wealthiest 2% of American households owned more than a third of the nation's wealth. So this, it's the 2%. Yeah. This 2%. Which it's I guess only is a lot like gotten today. worse. It's only gotten worse. Now it's the one percent. Yeah. Um. And during this time, New York City also had a huge population boom. Also, Bernie Sanders was around back then too. Wow! 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 I'm gonna. I gotta get the soundboard hooked up. Uh, I can do some comedy wops for you. Um. So here's some of the characters. Um. The real people. Real people who are portrayed in the hit. HBO Max series, The Gilded Unsponsored, Age. but if you'd like to sponsor... HBO ain't gonna touch this. After that Bernie Sanders joke, they said no. <laughs> they said no. Uh, so we have Caroline Shermerhorn Astor, who was referred to as the Mrs. Astor. People actually said the, because she was 
that big the of main a deal. one, the main character. Were there other um, asters? Yeah, there were lots of asters. Yeah. It was a very, it was a, is a big family. They were all rich, all, right. all married other rich people. Uh, played by Donna Murphy in the Gilded Age. So she was old money. Her husband was businessman William Astor Jr. She had five children. One died on the Titanic. Oh, so this is if you want to know the age, the time period of all of this. Titanic. Uh, born now, Mrs. Astor was born into a wealthy family of Dutch aristocracy, descended from the original people who settled, colonized New York City, that area. They're always talking about who's on the Mayflower, who was all the way back. And she and was. that's important. It's that. Well, it's important to them, to yeah. some people. It's it was, not important. They talked about that on Beverly Hillbillies. When they would get into the society folks and then the. And then oh. they and then Granny found out that she had some chest from the Mayflower or something like that. So it's just all over the place. Yeah. What a show. Yeah. What a show. Um, so the Astor family already had a lot of wealth be- before marrying her husband. So she was a little bit more independent than a lot of women at that time period. She didn't really have to rely on her husband. She had her own money. Um, and then you have Samuel Ward McAllister, often mm. just called Ward McAllister, played by Nathan Lane on the hit HBO Max series, The Gilded Age. Uh, born in Savannah, Georgia, very prominent family, but also married a Georgia heiress, Sarah Gibbons. Uh, so his cousin, he was kind of, he wasn't related to Mrs. Astor, but his cousin, you with me, his cousin was married into the Astor family. So he was close to Mrs. Mm, Astor. Okay. Um, that explains it. And kind of like in the on the show, he was very obsessed with social recognition. He wanted to be a tastemaker in society, and he used his wife's money and her connections to kind of build him el- himself up in society. Very charming, loved to plan parties, um, popularized all the Richies going to Newport, Rhode Island as kind of a getaway. Kind of built the first Newport house and said, Y'all got to come here in the summer, et cetera. This is where we party. And now comes the 400. So this would be like the Fire Island of of the of the, the Gilded Island Age. Island of the Guild, I guess. Of, yeah. I've never been Except to Fire Island. Except that was like a hot mess. No, not the Fire Island. What was the the Fire Festival? Oh, that's where they had very that. different from Fire <laughs> Island. That's very different. The Fire different. Festival. The Fire Festival was supposed to be the music festival like on some island and it went belly up and was a flop. Yeah. Very different from Fire. <laughs> which, I mean, you can compare it to Fire Island if you want. Yeah, Hot probably. destination. Yeah. That's probably a better comparison than Fire Festival. Yeah. Okay, so uh, during the Gilded Age, there were lots of newly wealthy people, like I said. They were coming from the Midwest, moving to New York City. Mrs. Astor... Represent. Oh, we've lost Justin's light. Oh, there we go. Let there be Thank light. God. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Astor represented the old money, and she was determined to create um, a system of social etiquette. Etiquette. She wanted to be the ultimate authority on fashionable society. So she would hold elaborate balls and parties, and she basically gatekept who's in, who's out. If you weren't on the list, you were out. She didn't want to have, you know, she said, you're done. Um, so allegedly Ward McAllister coined the phrase, the 400. So he said only 400 people in fashionable, there are only 
400 people in fashionable New York society. And he said, if you go outside that number, you strike people who are either not at ease in a ballroom or else make other people not at ease. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, um, I don't know what you're doing to make other people uncomfortable back then. They like shit. I mean, didn't they like poop in jars? Yeah. They like in the ballroom, in In the the ballroom, they would do that. That was one of the dances. Uh, did they have, was that chamber? Cause you look at the, you watch the Gilded Age and you're like, these, these people think they're all that. They don't even have electricity. They're shitting in jars in the corner. I think they had, I think they had plumbing by them. Oh, but. well still, I'm sure someone back then was shitting in a jar. Well, definitely. But that's, you know, maybe that's what the, the 401 was doing, you know, the f- they live. <laughs> that's why they didn't get to go. That to the was party. the cutoff. That was the cutoff. Oh, one just a little fun fact. One of Mrs. Astor's houses, she had a few, was where the Empire State Building is now. Wow. I know. Just a little fact for you. Um, okay, so after Ward McAllister said this about there being 400 people, fake lists started flying around. Um, people were like speculating and whatever. And the New York World, which was a newspaper around that time, they published that there were they were like, oh, there's only 150 actually. Mm. So Ward McAllister had to say something about that because it sounds like he always had something to say about everything. Uh, He spoke to the New York Times and gave them his official list. You can find this list online. It came out February 16th, 1892. You can find the original scan of it online. It's really interesting to look at. Um, So some quotes he so he not only gave them the list, he gave them this like four paragraph quote. And I'll read the first paragraph because I think it gives you a sense of his voice. So he says, the so-called 400 has not been cut down or dwindled to 150 names. The nonsense, don't you know, printed to the effect in the world and some other papers has made a very bad impression that will reflect badly against them. You understand. That list of names, you understand, printed on (laughs) Sunday, did not come from me. Don't you see? It is unauthorized, don't you see? But it is accurate as far as it goes. You understand. This quote is full of, you understand and don't you see? It's like very like pushing. I don't understand. It's very like pushing his view. Like, if you disagree with him, you're dumb. It's kind of the impression I get from the way he talks. Um... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, the list came out. It included bankers, lawyers, brokers, real estate men, railroaders, one editor, one publisher, one artist, and two architects. It also included both old and new money, which Mrs. Astor... Scandalous. Scandalous. Mrs. Astor, like, begrudgingly accepted some new money families. Um, I understand. You understand? I understand. Oh, having to accept both new money and old money? Um, and I'm just understanding his... Oh, okay. I thought you had had this in your life. You had to oh, no. accept no. both new money and old money. Um, So, he talked up this list. Let me tell you, it was a little bit of a mess. There weren't even 400 names on it. Mm-mm. I don't know if he miscounted. We don't know. Names were misspelled. Mm-hmm. He left off some people's spouses and he included some people who were dead. Oh, on wow. The list. Well, were they pretty fun still? 
I don't know. Maybe. That's a good question. Weekend of Bernie's. Maybe they knew how to turn out a... I never saw Weekend yeah, of Bernie's. Yeah, that was another... Oh, boy. Maybe they knew how to turn a party. Maybe they propped... Maybe that's animatronics. Oh, boy. That's oh, where they started. That's the Chuck E. Cheese. That's dark. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was, of course, a big backlash. People had a problem with the idea of this list existing. And then at Ward McAllister... Uh, he was referred to as Mr. Make-A-Lister. He had also published a memoir a couple years earlier called Society As I Have Found It. And that pissed off a lot of old money because he mm. talked about them and they wanted certain things kept secret. Uh, and then came the parodies of the list. Uh, there was a book by O. Henry called The Four Million, which was the population of New York City at that time. And that was kind of his way of saying every person in New York matters. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. And then in 2009, the Museum of the City of New York created the New York City 400, which contained 400 people who made a difference in New York City history since 1609, so over 400 years. And they did actually include Ward McAllister on their list. Oh. I think he was the only one from the original list that made it to their list as well. Um, now, uh, unsurprisingly, Ward McAllister and Mrs. Astor parted ways and he died in social disgrace alone in January, 1895. Whoa, 1895. Well, that's not too far after all this. Yeah. No, it was just, a, just three, what, three years. So essentially this list kind of, I guess, ruined, ruined him. him. Wow. Yeah. And everyone kind of was like, okay, you've become more of a liability than anything else. Um, you're done. I feel bad for you, Ward. I feel for you. Adds and then they dressed him up and at the parties and stuff. They didn't and even brought want him his back. corpse at the party. Oh boy. Wow. Miss, I don't think Mrs. Astor went to his funeral. There was like, so there was a, um, I didn't write any of this down, but there was like a, there was essentially a gossip paper that kind of like followed the 400 after or during this, around this, whatever. And they wrote something like, Mrs. Astor wouldn't even break her dinner plans to go to that funeral or something like that about his death or whatever. So yes, someone said he's the first Twitter cancellation. Oh, he was yeah. essentially. This is cancel culture. That was it, cancel yeah. culture. 1890s edition. I don't know, but it's also like you're asking. No, for yeah, it. I don't know. I'm you're not. Serious at, you're about a gatekeeper. That. Yeah, you're a gatekeeper. And then all of a sudden, oh, shit. What? Yeah, I don't really know. I th I feel like he he thought he was he got too big for his britches. He yeah. thought he was more than perhaps like he thought his friends were better friends than maybe they were. Like people aren't going to stick. Like you start talking shit about people, they're not going to be your friends anymore. Yeah, that's just friendship one hundred and one. Yeah. Now the interesting part though is is how I came across this is you remember spoilers. If you haven't seen The Gilded Age, I'm about to talk about the There's final no episode. such thing as a spoiler in that. Nothing happens. Okay, that's true. I love <laughs> The Gilded Age because it is the most low-stakes show in the history. The drama is so almost nothing. Oh, wait, here's a question. Do you think he would have been canceled if he was old money? He was technically old money. He um, came from a prominent family, and he married old money, essentially. So he was accepted into the old money groups, as f from what I understand. Um, okay, but here's a here's what happened in the last episode of of the Gilded Age on HBO Max, which 
is based off a true story, actually. Mm. That whole season is kind of leading up to this New York City legend that, okay, so in uh, the Gilded Age, you have Bertha Russell, played by Carrie Coon, who kind of represents the Vanderbilts. That's one of the new money families that Mrs. Astor eventually accepted into society. Um, Legend has it, Alva Vanderbilt had planned a costume ball for her own housewarming. Mm. So in the show, it's portrayed as a... a, The daughters, yeah. Yeah, the daughter. Um, And in Alva Vanderbilt's party, she was going to have entertainments by young society figures. At the last minute, told Caroline Astor, who was Mrs. Astor's daughter, that she couldn't participate because Mrs. Astor had not formally called on her. Mm -mm. So... Essentially, that's that was um, inspired. That inspired the last story where uh, Mrs. Russell's trying to gain recognition because if you wanted to become anyone, you needed Mrs. Astor's approval. She needed to call on you. You needed to be invited to her balls. You needed to be seen. Yeah. There you have it. What do you think is similar to our, what's our four hundred? I think celebrities. There's like the Oscars, that kind of stuff, you know, like I, I feel like, I mean, we definitely put celebrities in different tiers. I think a lot of rich people these days, I mean, New York still has that though. Yeah. Like New York has its own socialites. Every city kind of has its own socialites, but not as many people care anymore. There's, Which I think is good. But there's like, and it's more global too. I mean, it's like you've got Elon Musk, everyone cares about like what, and he's like a, he's like a business person. But then there's also people that are just kind of like rich for no reason. And there's just all kinds of, I don't know, equating this, I don't know, success and having stuff to someone that you would be interesting to be at a party with just doesn't necessarily ring true, you know? I think there's just so many. Nowadays, yeah, the amount of celebrities and stuff. People in the chat are saying the Met Gala, which I could totally see as like the event you have to be seen at. Which I, I really, I hate all award shows and all all celebrity award shows and all events because I think we're awarding the wrong people for stuff. Are you like, gonna? Oh, you did. You, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. You got paid a million. You got paid several million dollars to do your job. And now you want an award for it on top of that. That's that's my thing about it. You should write a list. You, you should write a list of 400. My thing. I'll write my list. My list coming out soon. Wait for it. Um, they You got paid to have millions of dollars to have a camera follow you around for two to three months. And you got an award for it while you acted like somebody else. I acted like someone else for the first 20 years of my life. Mm, yeah. Pretending to be straight. There you go. And I didn't get an award. I got depression. <laughs> I got anxiety. That is your award. Where's my award? So what I'm trying to say is I don't think anyone should get an award if I'm not getting an award. I agree. I got Lexapro. Exactly, chat. Um, so there, you got any questions about the 400? What's your list, Justin? All 400. Oh, all Tamagotchis. The 400 Tamagotchis. Bow. One of these days, I'll wow. get to 400 Tamagotchis. 
I don't, I can't even tell you who like, although you do hear about in Hollywood, like, um, I, I've heard things like, uh, not Kristen Stewart, Kristen Wiig, like kind of knows everybody and like will introduce people to people. And you hear stuff like that about the big celebrities who not necessarily gatekeep, but yeah, there are producers and stuff who do gatekeep who becomes big yeah in those sort of situations see in my list would be i've always kind of liked the the rebel outsider type the second tier the oh, friends you like me you know maybe I'm i mean D, i've been a d-lister internet no you're not a d-lister you're you're kind of like your years. own you have like your own voice you've been true to your own kind of artistic vision and you know maybe at the but kind of, you know, you're like the radio head of, of the, you know, YouTube people, right? Do they have a Grammy? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I wouldn't have accepted it. But they did. But they don't like go out and and harvest them. I don't know if They're they even showed up. seeking the Grammy. Right. Yeah. Darling, you can't have the Grammy if you are the Grammy. Mm. It's a thinker. I It was going to be better, but I forgot it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the 400. That's Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, any final thoughts? Well, I'd like to clarify that's the the single gray rat, the nefarious history of Chuck E. Cheese is the official title, but and mine's just called the 400. The 400, uh, the 400 haters. Ooh, okay. Um, well, good. I appreciate your input. <laughs> it's interesting it is interesting to hear because like i don't know it's so tied into the video game industry which is what i do now mm-hmm. and the 400 ties into my industry too because i'm just so popular you're a you are a kingmaker because i'm just so popular uh anyway i guess that's all we have for this week good i i mean in my opinion chat did you love the first articles we loved them um do you have yours for next week? Do you have anything to tease? Well, I don't have toilet humor. Toilet humor. Okay, can you go a little bit deeper than toilet humor? So this is this is like because I don't think people are going to tune in if you just tell them there's going to be poop. Jokes. It is a it is a uh, there is um, a, a person long time ago that did some some uh, some very interesting and uh, dedicated experiments. With poop? With the related to... <laughs> You'll just have to tune in. It's not about... It's not going to be disgusting. It's it's kind of interesting, but it's about... Um, it's about this guy's invention that is, I think, a very interesting... I told you about it. I told you about it. I don't remember it all. I tell you about everything. All the babbling book of bullshit that just keeps spewing and spewing. And I know you don't... You don't well, you'll have to tune in to see what I uh, do because I have no idea. I have a list of a few things. I just got to pick one and stick with it. Stick to your guns. Pick it and stick it. Pick it and stick it. Um. Well, as usual, all this stuff came from wikis. There's tons more information out there about all these topics. Go check them out. Uh, and thank you for listening to Quickie Wiki What? Episode one. Uh, like I said, you'll be able to find the VOD of this episode on YouTube as well as the audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We will be streaming next week's episode live again here at twitch.tv slash halfmoonjoe. So we will see you then with more wiki articles to discuss. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye.